When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights, with your host, Steve Politi, and Rutgers insiders, Keith Sargent and James Cratch. Let's start shopping. Hello, everyone. Steve Politi here. Welcome back to the Rutgers Rant. Got to start with this. Uh, I was wrong. Rutgers did not have a hard time with Delaware. You guys were right on this one. Uh, handled the Blue Hens 45 13, uh, thorough victory. And look, guys, I, we talked a lot about this before the season that, you know, Rutgers had a bunch of boxes to check for a successful year. The first one's checked. I mean, there's, you know, they started the season non conference play 3 0, a perfect non conference start. Uh, and not only that, but Won the three games by a combined 89, 89 points. Didn't commit a single turnover while forcing eight. I mean, it's about as good a start to the season as they could have hoped, Cratch. I mean, when you when you look at what 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 happened overall, I mean, we can nitpick and we will nitpick on this podcast. But you know, the first box is box is checked. No, no doubt, three and zero. Oh, and I think it goes back to what we kind of did last season they went three and six in the big 10 everyone said oh if they only had those three non-conference games they'd be going to a bowl now they've got the three non-conference games so you're halfway home nine games to play all in the league you got to win three of them you look at the schedule some teams look better than we expected some teams look worse than we expected it seems like it's all on the table for the scarlet knights and not only that but the offense finally kind of woke up on saturday yes it was delaware but delaware is a good football team and they just have they got a little bit of momentum. I mean, everyone coming coming into the year wanted three and zero versus three and zero in the big house. We have it. Right, right. And it was you, Cratch, lighting a fire under Sean Gleason to have him do some guruing. He yes. did some guruing against guruing. Can't spell guru without R U. <laughs> uh, against uh, Delaware. Yeah, I can I'll save that for a column later. Um, you know. We talk a lot about Noah Vedrill. He's now completing 71.3% of his passes. I mean, Sarge, you and I were joking in the press box that he was having his Phil Sims game, i.e. the Sims in the Super Bowl, and he was 22 of 25. It was pretty close. I mean, he was, he was you know, I think he was what, 21 of 26. Uh, threw the ball long, threw the ball short. As short passes are still the staple of his offense, but, you know, clearly they're not afraid to throw downfield with him. Here's my question for you, Sarge. Is this going to work against Michigan and elite defense, what they did against Delaware? Um, time, uh, Cratch, fans, I mean, you just have to look at his film review because, you know, he, he brings up the point. And, again, you know, I, I, it's probably the best thing that we have on our website all week is his film review. But he did bring up the point that, you know, in, in some of those uh, deep passes that the federal hit on, you know, they, they had – you know, seven or even eight guys, you know, uh, back in, in pass pro, which meant they, you know, they, they only had uh, two or three uh, you know, wide receivers out. Um, can that work against Michigan? Michigan's defensive backs are way better than Delaware's, okay? Yeah, I think yeah. that goes without saying. Um, it, you know, they're, they're going to be way better on an island than, than, than Delaware. So, 
I don't know. I mean, I think uh, the one thing in Cratch again pointed out in, in his film review, you know, getting you know the ball out quick to Crookshank, to Bo Melton, you know, Shamin Jones, guys like that, get him out of space. You know, Vedral's very good at it. He's been doing it for two years. He's very good at it. Um, you know, those plays work. You know, I, I think we're going to see in a, you know an array of that. Again, they're going to have to establish the running game, you know, w- uh, you know, w- way better than they have. And, you know, can it work? You know, I, I, I don't know if we've seen enough evidence that, that you know, their, 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 you know, big playability, you know, is, is, is here to stay. It was Delaware. Yeah. What I, what I love about, so this is an honest to God truth about the film review. One of our uh, Rutgers insiders just texted us this morning asking, this is a legit question. Is Shiano okay with you doing this scratch? Because, you know, it seems like you're doing, a, doing Michigan a favor when you break this stuff down. I did not, so I was just picturing Jim Arbaugh, you know, logging on to NJ.com this morning and go, holy crap, they're max protecting on that play. You know, <laughs> just imagine, <laughs> I was just imagining. Yeah. Kirk Christ, do you feel like, are you worried that by, by, by this kind of level of high level of analysis that you were really aiding the Wolverines in this game? Uh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, it always cracks me up that, when people suggest that, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure the Michigan Wolverines with their yeah. army of analysts have uh, have figured out all of this stuff before. Little old James Cratch in Morristown, New Jersey, watching a TV copy. You know, they've got the all 22 copy uh, stuff. The other thing I want to add about the offense is for the first time, and we've harped on it, I've harped on it a lot on this podcast, it felt like the Johnny Langan package yeah. seamlessly – naturally fit into the flow of the offense for the first time ever. It didn't feel like they were shoehorning him into a game or forcing the ball to him. He didn't have a rush because they ran that direct snap look, which I liked. He threw a pass, an incomplete pass on a trick play. He had a couple of catches. He might be the best tight end on the team. Oh, certainly. That's that wasn't a true you or false. Know. I was going to ask you that. I mean, he he is a, he's a decent pass catcher. You know, and the thing is, he is going to become more. The more often Johnny Langan is on the field to run block or to go out in a pattern or to just be there the more potent it's going to be because teams are going to start to fall asleep when he's actually on the field frequently and nothing crazy happens. Then when you try to do something crazy, you've got an element of surprise. So I think that they finally figured out a way to utilize his skills without slowing everything down and forcing it. Right. You you also pointed out that Isaiah Pacheco was running more North South South in this game. Uh, Something we've talked about a lot. You know, what I liked about the offense as well, they got a lot of guys involved, Sarge, you know, you know, you, you, you saw you get this short pass to Shmeen Jones and, and I mean Brandon Sanders. <laughs> you got we we knew he would eventually make an impact. Uh, uh, you have to really like what they've got in that kid as well. Yeah, and, and let's give a little inside baseball here because all summer James mm-hmm. Cratch has been dying to write Brandon Sanders all, throughout training camp. Um, you know we 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 kind of hinted at this during during uh, the summer where where there were some Shiano rules during training camp. There were a few guys who we could not write about. Yeah. Uh, they, if we re- requested them on a daily basis, who we we saw flash, and we 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 Cratch has been on the Brandon Sanders bandwagon since he arrived. Love the story, and then post game, 
you know, we're as media, media scrum crash get, goes to get Aaron Lewis. Um, you know, he's doing his job. And then I go over to and get Brandon Sanders and, you know, I just pepper him with five or six questions yeah. and he was great. So then I ended up having, uh, ended up writing, stealing the, the, this one story that, that crash wanted to write on the beat, Brandon Sanders. And I felt so bad about it. And, you know, but yeah, Brandon Sanders is a great story. And we've seen now at this point, you know, that, that, you know, he's very versatile. Uh, he can play. Um, and you know, again, you can't have enough weapons, you know, in the past game, they did, you know, they have so many more, uh, you know, uh, wide receiver, uh, wide receivers than they did, you know, pre Greg Shiano. Right. And it's uh, it was, uh, that was a big plus in that game. Again, not sure if it'll hold up against Michigan. Here's one thing that didn't go well. And, and, you know, I, we all thought that after the, the defense was excellent against a very good Syracuse running attack, then perhaps they solved that problem. Uh, it did not, you know, I was really surprised at how well Delaware ran the ball. I guess, you know, it pointed out that they had a really a huge offensive line Delaware. This was, they looked like a big 10 team, a very good running back. Uh, Still, you know, I'm kind of surprised how the linebackers didn't play well. I'm kind of surprised at the missed tackles and poor positioning. Uh, you know, it, now, now you get Michigan, who's, run, who's rushed for 15 touchdowns and 350 yards a game. Cratch, I mean, is this something that can be solved before this game? Yes and no. I mean, one of the things that struck me was Delaware just blocked guys. You know, that was pretty much what they did. You know, they got a hat on a hat and uh, up front and then you know they you know ruck they have a couple of mesh point plays ruckers will kind of get caught up in the wash you know there was a couple of times where I, I think that that two linebacker look which ruckers has used a lot i get it, it makes sense for their personnel but it happened several times on saturday if those guys get if, if the michigan gets to the second level and blocks them or those guys are a second off reading the play they're going to have a hard time getting to the edge. I mean, I was, it was one of the big runs. Tyshawn Fogg just couldn't get to the sideline, basically taps the guy's shoulders, you know, trying to dive, make a high tackle, and the guy's go, passed him already. Yeah. So I think that's going to be the issue is that can they kind of get to the edge because Michigan is the best rushing attack in the Big Ten. So by far, yeah, by in the far. country right they now. They are in the country. Yeah. They are running the ball. Zach Coram, you know, it, it's early, but Zach Coram is – He's on a Heisman candidate type pace, their running back. So, yeah, I think it's it's a major concern. I mean, I, I think you, if Rucker sends, they just got to, if they shed blocks, they've got a better chance. But that being said, I thought the linebackers did not play well. I thought the tackling was really poor. The tackling has been pretty good for the most part. You know, it was a disaster under Chris Ash, but there's been some, you know, here and there, some little moments where it's really struggled. Uh, Saturday was one of them. If you're looking at a positive, Sarge, uh, Rutgers is now fourth in the nation in sacks after that game and second uh, in completion percentage allowed. They're only allowing the opponents to complete uh, 46% of the pass. Has a, a passes has a lot to do with the competition, obviously, but the defense isn't necessarily playing poorly in, in both facets. Uh, I mean, what do you think overall going, into, going against Michigan with this defense? Why do you go to me when you say if you're looking for positives, by the way? Yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, because you're, a... you're such a ray of sunshine that most uh, – <laughs> Another positive too, and you didn't bring it up, is like the the you know three games in a row, no turnovers, first time since two thousand nine. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that you know when, when you look at you know even you know since the the day he arrived. I mean, you know, just the attention to details and and the little things that they're they're able to do. Graciano said since the beginning that if they can get to the fourth quarter with a shot to win the game, that's 
basically their goal right. in these yep. types of games. And that's going to be the goal again. You know, you're going to see, you know, if it's vanilla, so be it. They are not going to do things to, to be, you know, to, to be turnover prone and to, to put themselves in a position to lose a game. Graciano talked about it again. Noah Vedral t- uh, talked about it. 71%. He brought up the, uh, the, the percentage of, t- uh, of teams that win games when they don't uh, commit a turnover. Over a 20-year study, he brought it up 71%. I'd have to do it myself, but, I mean, you know, you know clearly Greg Ciano has, you know, it's is sunk into the players to the point where they are not going to do anything to try to turn the ball over. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the big picture with this, folks, as well. I mean, it's just, it, you know th- – I wrote about this in my comments for the game. It, it's a it's a big game again. You know that that the picture was Greg Channel promised to bring back the sense that you could win a game like this, you could compete against a Michigan, and they, they took Michigan to triple overtime. You know uh, last year. So while they might not win this game, I think just going to the big house, having a chance, people are going to tune in. You know, to, just to see what's going to happen, to see if Michigan's as good as they think, but also to see if Rutgers is as good as this record. So you know, there's a lot to like about the. Uh, about the program where it is right now and heading to heading to Ann Arbor. Um, all right, let's dive into true or false. You guys uh, know the rules here. We've got a lot of them this week, so uh, uh, we will discuss these topics at the end. True or false? We are not going to see Gavin Wimsat in a game this season. Cratch, true or false? False. Sarge? False. False. All right, I'm going to go false too, but that was an opportunity. Uh, and then three other quarterbacks played. All right, true or false? Rutgers is planned to keep Noah Vedrill upright against Delaware. Will work in the Big Ten. Cratch, true or false? False. All right, Sarge? I mean, if they keep floating him in the pocket, which was a welcome change, true. Okay, I guess it depends on the competition as well, but I'm going to say uh, true there as well. All right, Johnny Langan is the team's best tight end. We touched on this already. Cratch, true or false? True. Sarge? False. False, yeah, I don't know, I, but I don't know where the other ones went in that game, so I'm going to have to say true for now because they, they, they were invisible against Delaware. Uh, all right, true or false? Michigan is the best team Rutgers will play this season. James Cratch, true or false? False. Sarge? False. All right, I'm going to go false as well. Next one. Nope. Penn State is the best team. Rutgers will play this season. Beat Auburn. Cratch, true or false? False. Sarge? False. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go. For now, I'm going to say true on that one. They look really good on Auburn. The final one. Come on, it's still Ohio State, people. Cratch, true or false? False. What? 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 I don't even have to look at the schedule now. Illinois, Cratch is a big one. Who's left? I'll let Cratch answer, but oh, that's a true. That's a true. Uh, a true. All right. Well, I, I, I think there's a, there's a reasonable chance that Wisconsin is the best team on the schedule. Okay. You know, right. I look back to the Penn State-Wisconsin game. You know, Penn State won the game. Wisconsin shot themselves in the foot repeatedly. They were going in, fumbles sometimes. They should have won that game. You know, they're, I think they're going to thump Notre Dame this weekend in okay. Chicago. You know, that I think there's a very you know good chance that Wisconsin – coming into the year, I had Wisconsin ranked, I think, sixth in the country. I think they're really good with that run game, with everything. I think there's a very good chance they are the best team in the Big Ten. They're just going to have to dig themselves out from that opening loss to Penn State. It is amazing 
that we can have, we can have five, there are four legitimate answers to that question that aren't ridiculous. That, that tells you, and out of nine games, that tells you of what the challenge is ahead of this team, for sure. Uh, all right, true or false, Rutgers will beat a ranked team at some point this season. Correct, true or false? False. Sarge? False. False, yeah, I'm going false. They will have five shots, though. Uh, true and or I false? Thought, I, I kind of thought, wait, well, real quick, I, I, I know I'm breaking the rules here, but I kind of thought that Rutgers had a chance against Penn State. I, I watched them the other night, especially, you know, that game's in, in, you know, in, in, yeah. at Penn State. That's going to be really tough. They look pretty good. All right, true or false, the Ohio State game will be a true sellout. Cratch. False. Sarge? False. Yeah, uh, fall. It's, it's, it's tough to get that number up from 20,000 season ticket holders. All right. Uh, finally, true or false, Rutgers will not make a bowl because the spotted lantern flies will have taken over the planet before then. True or false, Cratch? Uh, yeah, it's true when you go to practice every day. Holy Toledo. It is. I cannot. Whew. I mean, they're winning, right? It would always like, kill them they when you see them. We have to, you know, we'll just put this in perspective for the fans because they, they just won't get, like, I guess they do because it, apparently there were a lot at the game. Too. Oh, the tailgate, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah it, it, it is insane at practice how many uh, <laughs> spotted lanternflies there, there are. There must be, there must be ground zero for the spotted lanternflies that are right there in Piscataway, New Jersey. Who would have guessed that? Um, all right, so let's go. Let's go to Gavin Wimsack, guys. We, you know, obviously he he was a big story oh, for weeks. You know, this was an opportunity for him to play. I I thought maybe he'd get a he'd get a series, especially late in the game. They stuck with Noah Vegel to the very end. Cole Snyder played a little in the fourth quarter. I think Evan Simon had one snap. Cratch. I mean, so is when do you think we're going to see him if we don't see him here? I would think that. Maybe Maryland is probably the most realistic. I mean, as I wrote after the game on Saturday, at this point, you're not debuting against Michigan or Ohio no. State or Michigan State. Uh, you know, Northwestern, not very good, but that's that's still going to be a really tough game for them. Then you've got an open date, Illinois. I think around that point is where you probably would start thinking about getting them ready because they'll have, you know, six weeks, you know, in the program. But I, I think the only reason why I said false was just because last game of the year, Maryland, you might not be bowl eligible. They might not be bowl eligible. Who knows what happens? Maybe you just throw them in there because it's the end of the year and you're playing out the string and you want to get his feet wet. But that's the only reason – that's the only place I can really think of right now that seems terribly realistic for him to play. So I think there's a good chance he doesn't play. Uh, all right, Sarge, we talked about the, the schedule with, with the, the teams. When you watched – when you saw the Big Ten scores this week, were you in, more encouraged that they could get the six wins or discouraged? I mean, Northwestern gets thumped by Duke. Maryland, Illinois played just an awful game. I mean, what do you think? Encouraged. Yeah. You're encouraged. I think you're, yeah. I think, you know, six wins is absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, North, even though Northwestern, the top teams are pretty, pretty darn Maryland. good. Michigan State beats Miami. I mean, that, that's a good result. Yeah. And Illinois, Northwestern, Maryland, uh, you know, the Illinois and, and Northwestern games are not, not going to be these imposing, you know, crowds where they're, they're going to be. Right. They, right. they want at in the carrier dome so they can win on the road. Um, and I think, you know, from a, mat, you know, matchup standpoint, I think they're going to be, you know, at least on par with uh, both, both of those teams. And, and, you know, again, Maryland at home at the end of the year, with, you know, with bowl, their bowl lives on the line, I think that's a win. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be a wild game. If they have if they're at five wins, that would be something, uh, something exciting. All right, anything else we want to touch on here, Cratch, and, and true or false before we move on to insider questions? I think we got it all. 
All right, insider questions as always. I want to thank you guys for contributing. Uh, the tech service has been uh, going great here uh, early in this uh, this non conference. It's late. We've got a lot of great questions from you, so thanks again. Um, all right, so this is a really good one because we've talked a lot about this. Do you believe Adam Korsak will get drafted by an NFL team? I have to imagine sometime. Somebody would spend the draft pick, but punters sometimes get the short end of the stick. It's true. I don't think he'll get drafted, but, you know, I'm just coming out of it watching the Jets game. Um, and you realize that there are a lot of really mediocre punters in the NFL. You know, I mean, I saw a couple of bad kicks in that game. Kratz, will this style translate to the NFL? I don't know if it will. I mean, I, I think – I tend to think – it could because think about all it's obviously very different quarterbacks versus punters, but think about all the college quarterbacks. People said, Oh, this guy could never play in the NFL. And then Lamar Jackson, Kyle, like right. they're playing. That being said, I've taught, I've talked to him a little bit about this in the past that he has never come out and told me directly, but my gut feeling is Adam Corsack probably could punt like NFL punters do. You know, like I go back to the, the the crazy every year, like in spring training, the Mariners would have like a team home run derby, and Ichiro would hit fifty home runs just because he 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 could do it. He just didn't think it was best for the team and him to do it during the season. I think Adam Corsack might be able to on a what he does is the best thing for Rutgers football to win, obviously. But if if it's just him trying to go to the NFL, I think he probably could punt the ball like the conventional American style and go from there. So I think that's also something to consider. Right. I would love to see him get, get a shot at it. Just, and it would take a coach who, you know, the problem is so few coaches are willing to, you know, break the norm and the norm is hang time. The norm is, you know, I, I, well, the good thing for Adam is there's a guy in new England. There's a guy who yes. likes to do things <laughs> like that. That's, that would be the perfect match. Yeah. And, and he's got the, uh, yeah, he, he certainly Belichick listens to Greg shadow and Greg shadow cannot say best punter he's ever been around. He says it every time you ask him about it. So uh, there's a possibility there. All right. Alex from Marlboro wants to know, as the game went on, there was plenty of rotation at receiver. Where are Washington and Youngblood? I mean, I saw Isaiah Washington was out there at least. Sarge, I think we're just at the point that uh, Josh Youngblood's not in the rotation, man. It's just, yeah. it, it, he's one of these guys that we get asked about every week. He's just not practicing well enough to be on the field. So, you know, Crookshank before he got to Rutgers when he was at Wisconsin was was a mediocre uh, wide receiver. Tyquan Underwood did wonders with him a year ago. Youngblood, young blood, same thing, mediocre wide receiver at Kansas State, amazing uh, returner. Well, maybe Youngblood young hasn't progressed at the rate that Crookshank did, you know, a year ago. So uh, he's just not – you know, we saw him all, all summer. He wasn't really a factor. So I, I, I was, I'm not – you know, too surprised at this point that it's been a little bit slower than, than a lot of people expected. Washington, you know, uh, you know, freshman year, you know, showed a lot of promise last year, took, took a big dip back, looked good in the spring game, but it was a spring game. You know, I mean, there was, you know, not a whole lot of stuff going on. Uh, so, um, again, Shameen Jones and Bo, Bo Melton have earned it and, and Crookshank as well. So you have three guys and, and then Brandon Sanders. So you have four guys ahead of him right now getting a piece of the pie. I think Love this that. is also, I'm sorry, you know, 
not a cautionary tale. It's probably not the right term, but you know, the, the transfer portal is not a given. You know, obviously, twenty twenty, you bring in Brendan White, you bring in Mike Dwumfor, these you know, Cedrice Pallant starts a bunch of games. You know, obviously, he's a JUCO guy. They make an impact this year. Ifan Maja is you know a good rotational tackle, made some plays, but beyond that, the, you know, Brandon Sanders obviously big touchdown catch. They're not getting the same impact from the transfers this year. So I think. People just have to realize that it's going to be an ebb and flow every year. Sometimes you're going to really get instant impact from the portal. Sometimes you're not. And I like, and you have to remember, they have the best kick returner in the country. So that, that limits young bloods opportunities on, on kicks. And I love that. If you haven't watched this yet, guys, go, go to the Cratchit's film review and watch the clip from Shank's punt return for a touchdown. Cause I didn't see it at the time, but now the, the crash points it out. It is, it is, it is just hilarious. The, the guys that Delaware has trying to tackle the fastest guy in the Rutgers team. I mean, there are legitimately six, 350 pound. I mean, it is just, it is, it is just laugh out loud. Funny when you see, when you yeah, see it. I, I, I felt, it was, I totally get it. Like they had three punts blocked in the spring right. and, and I think one already in the first two games, Rutgers blocks a punt. That's what they do. So they put all the big guys on the field to kind of protect the punter. And then they kick the ball to Crookshank. It's like, oh, <laughs> we've got a bunch of fat guys on the field. Hey. And, 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 like, it, I felt bad. Like, those guys are getting, like, they're diving on the ground, you know. Just uh, – I, I, Delaware had – immense size you, you know so what you said it looked like michigan you know helmet you know all oh, this the color is a little bit off but man those poor guys you know they never thought they were going to be on a punt coverage team in, in college football and now they're here and they got you know aaron crookshank i just feel bad for them yeah that was remarkable uh all right we got two questions one from jp a good friend of the pod uh about whether or not chiano and gleason have been holding the offense back before getting the big 10 play not showing their cards early sarge do you think there's any credence to that that these guys are 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 limiting the playbook through these first three games and we're going to see a different offense uh come on saturday no um no there that that's not no um I, th- I think, again, I think the offense is, is, is what it is, and I think it's going to be quick hitters and, you know, and not do, do, do stupid things that are going to, you know, be, you know, give you a high percentage of, of, of a turnover. Um, you know, I think that this is what the offense is. I think you can – like, you could go vanilla against Temple to be ready for Syracuse, but when you're scoreless at halftime in a dogfight with another Power 5 team on the road in a dome – you really can't, you know, keep your cards. You know, you can't like keep being. You can't be cute at that point. So I, I feel like at that point, it's all out the window. You got to go. Crash, I agree. But again, Graciano, what what was he keep on saying? What do you say all last year? He, he wants to get to the fourth quarter with a chance to win the game. That's not a, a coach who's going to want to all of a sudden go. You know, you know, Mike Martz all of a sudden and 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 go. You know, throwing the ball fifty times and trying to go big play, big play, big play to take shots is just not. You know, it's just not in, in, in his DNA. All right. Uh, along these lines, a uh, good question from Kevin Fine, another friend of the pod. Uh, all things considered, Russia, Rutgers and Michigan played fairly even game last year with triple overtime. It was more than fairly even. It was, it was, they, Rutgers should have won that game. Uh, now we, we kind of feel like Michigan's on a, on a higher level. What improvements have Michigan made uh, with Har- Harbaugh that is setting them apart now, Cratch? When you, when you look at that team now, why is it different than, than last year's team? 
I think a lot of it has his culture, you know. I mean, they, they basically – but to bring Harbaugh back, he basically had to fire his entire staff. They got younger. They got better recruiters. I think the offensive scheme is working better. Look, I also think – remember last year, they turned to Cade McNamara in that game. So, you know, Michigan found its quarterback right. down 17 yeah. nothing against Rutgers. I think that's a big part of it. I think, you know, Michigan had some offensive line issues. I, I think at the end of the year, at the end of the day, it was COVID. I just think – I keep on going back to this. I think Rutgers handled 2020 and COVID-19 a lot better than pretty much any team in the Big Ten did. And I think that's also part of the thing, too. Now it's a normal year. You know, I, I think Harbaugh's coaching inspired. They, they've stuck to this run game that's working for them. You know, I, but at the end of the day, I, we've always said this on the show, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, only real teams Rutgers play has played, you know, since I've been on the beat, where the talent deficiency is immense. You know, Michigan's still got more guys than Rutgers at the moment. Right. I, I, I know there's an audio pod, Poe. Okay. But you do, you did, just you, that out now? Okay. did you just see Cratch as he's tell, making that point, which is a good point? He held up a football in his left hand. That was something, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Prop, I prop comedy, I know. It was good. That was it was really, and, and, and when he did it, I was like, yes, I get that. Although, that's really although, me although the, point. Yeah. the ball security, you're not at Rutgers practice no. enough. The, it's chin, Cratch. It's chin. You got to hold the ball up tight. <laughs> you know, you just you know like, I, I'm pretty confident with my kung fu grip and my, you know, my <laughs> – hands here i'm good no, and no just just so you guys know like i'm not like that some like the program psycho right. who carries a football around all day like it's the program here uh you know trying to get the sound quality up tape it in the in the closet and you know football just bounce out of the closet and it is ncaa too just want to make uh, that clear okay no i like it that's good i hope let's keep doing that Cratch. it makes me feel better about our football podcast <laughs> Uh, all right, John from John and Marlboro wants to know: uh, Rutgers avoided a WTF loss in its outer conference schedule uh, with Winsat already on the team. Is it too early to say that Rutgers has avoided the implosion recruiting-wise that destroyed Flood and Ashes' strong preseason classes during their tenure? Uh, I don't. Uh, you know, it's a good. It's a great question, John. I, I don't know that. Um, the, this, the schedule is what's really going to keep the class together. I think Greg Shiano is a bigger, you know, is a bigger factor. Uh, Cratch, Sarge, you want to take this? Do you, do you guys think that there's still a chance of this, if the things, the wheels fall off, that, that they could lose a lot of these recruits? I think there's less of a chance just because I, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. These kids all committed to Rutgers without having ever met for the most part, having met Seattle in person, met any of the coaches in person, been to the campus, you know, seen the campus. You know, some of them drove through if they're local or like Gavin Wimsat and his family kind of flew here to do a guided tour of the area. So if you're willing to sign on with those circumstances, I don't necessarily think that, you know, losing seven of the next nine games is going to knock you off your grind to, to want to be a Rutgers Scarlet Knight. Could a, a guy or two leave? Sure, definitely. But again, if a guy or two leaves, Greg Schiano is going to be competitive to go get a guy or two that's committed elsewhere to enter the class. It's not going to be like the Ash era where it's just you throw your hands up and all of a sudden random, you know, high school tennis players from the Buffalo area are suddenly getting offers at the last moment as defensive tackle prospects. <laughs> All right, a couple more. Here's a good one. Is there any food that Michigan is really known for that you guys are excited about eating when traveling to the game? You know, like Rutgers is known for food trucks and fat cat sandwiches, anything similar? I got to tell you, uh, unfortunately, uh, while Ann Arbor is probably the best 
Big Ten road town, I would think. I would make that case. We're not staying in Ann Arbor. We're staying at the Detroit Marriott at the airport, which kind of sucks. Um, Whoa. Well, I mean, it's That's a pretty good hotel bar. Oh, there, there's a Bob Evans, like right yeah, around. Yeah, you can walk to Bob Evans. Yeah, but you, I've been on open table now for like an hour and a half. I can't find a restaurant that's within like 20 miles. It's decent. So we're not, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's not great. Put it that way. I mean, maybe, Go to, you know. It's, what, what's, the, what's the hotel restaurant called? North, I think. That's <laughs> right. going to be eating there again. Yes. Yeah, we, we're familiar with it, folks. <laughs> we did, yes. Uh, the, bar, the bar will be hopping. Um, but uh, Zingerman's Deli is the one place in Ann Arbor. If you guys are going to the game, that is from what I, I've ordered from Zingerman's catalog over the years. I had a couple sandwiches there with uh, a friend, Mike Rosenberg, who covered Works for Sports Illustrated out there. It's just a great place. You should try it uh, if you're up there. But we're going to be uh, – we're going to be – yeah, struggling in Detroit. All right, and finally, this is the kind of question I like. This is really getting to the crux of the issues here. Um, is there a worse song than Barely Breathing performed by Duncan Sheik? A worse song by anyone ever? Sars, I got to tell you, I, now, I, after driving with you in the car for three and a half hours Syracuse, I feel comfortable with your, with your music tastes. I trust, you, I trust your judgment on this. You, you help through, you know, tune the radio. I know you're a you know, classic rock guy. I know you've got, some, you've got some good music taste. Is that the worst song of all time? It's, it's up there. Oof. I only taste the saline when I kiss away your tears. That, that, that doesn't change your mind? I, I, my, my big bugaboo is Love Shack. By really? Yeah, oh, my gosh. That's a great a song. Band. Yeah, oh. well. No, I just we take could her probably back. Debate that on a on a future pod, but yeah, not 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 a big fan of that one. But <laughs> yeah, let's save this for June when we got nothing. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I think I think it's probably top five worst songs. Um, Michigan preview. All right, Crash. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, this seems like Bo Schembechler level of football here. Is this finally Harbaugh's team? Is this the is this the team that ends the Ohio State streak? Is this the team that gets to the playoffs? Is it that good? I don't know if they're that good. Uh, it would be a hell of a story if they were. After all the, you know, the yeah. mayhem around Harbaugh, people thought he was going to be fired, and Feinbaum writing him off before the season even starts. If if this is the team that beats Ohio State, it'd be a heck of a story. I think they're really good. I think they're. They, I thought going into the year, I I had them ranked. Uh, a lot of people didn't. I thought this was a, a ten win team potentially. You know, they they got Wisconsin, they got Ohio State, Penn State. You know, those are gonna be tough games, but you know, I think. They're on their way, obviously. I think this is a really good football team, a team that's probably going to end the year, rank somewhere in the top 20, go to a really good bowl game. The question is just how good is it going to be? And I think that we're going to learn a lot from this about Rutgers, but also Michigan, because if they really handle the Scarlet Knights on Saturday, I'm inclined to believe they are that good. All right. Who wants to go first? Predictions. What do you think, Sarge? What do you got? I've been doing everything I can to come up with a scenario that Rutgers wins the game. I think they will – it, um, it'll be a game in the fourth quarter, which is kind of what we, yeah, I've been to- harping on, you know, all pod. I don't think they win. Uh, 28 21 Michigan. Wow. Low scoring game and well within the 19 point uh, spread. Cratch, where, where are you going? Uh, it's, the spread is 19. That's, that's high for me. I, I am going to go 28-13 Michigan. I think this is going to be one of those games. Uh, Alabama used to play these games a lot back in the day, the early part of the Saban dynasty, where the game is competitive the whole time. The whole game you're sitting there thinking, well, if this and this happen, Rutgers is right back in it. They can win. The 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 the, 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 the 
specter of victory hangs in the air the whole time, but you never really truly think for any moment that Rutgers is going to win the game. So I think it's going to be very, you know, Rutgers might be within a score or within two scores the entire day, but you never just think they're going to be able to get over the hump. So I will go Michigan 28-13. All right, once again, I'm going in a different direction. You guys, last week it didn't pay off as I – as I grab the mythical 21 and a half points that we set for the Delaware game, uh, I'm going to lay the uh, 19 points. I just think that Michigan's really good. Uh, I, you know, I mean, uh, the, not, not saying that Rutgers didn't make uh, progress and it's not, it's, you know, that it certainly after last year, it was a close game. I just think that in the big house uh, with the way they run the ball, it's not a good matchup for the Scarlet Knights. I'm looking at like a 38, 17 kind of victory um, that uh, will humble them some, but will certainly not damage any all the goals for the team will still be on the table when it's over uh all right what else we got here we got some soccer stuff right big win men's soccer beats indiana women's soccer beats penn state uh what's going on uh, out there in the rest of scarlet world scarlet night world field hockey you know beat monmouth the other day big win for them volleyball is you know kind of rolling through their non-conference schedule now the big 10 you know the, the real tests begin so it's a it's a great fall so far for rutgers you know they both soccer teams look at their ncaa tournament bound field hockey uh should be as well although the you know the field hockey ncaa tournaments is always kind of a tricky thing you could be like ranked sixth in the country and not make it as an at-large uh volleyball probably a year or two away but but obviously they've got a lot of positive momentum that they're playing on the rack and you know football three and oh so it, Rutgers is, is having a little moment they had a, you know, best years in big 10 member last year and they've picked right up where they left off is that soccer thing a surprise sarge men's soccer beating indiana that, that's uh um Go back to the tape back in August. We, I think you asked the question, and I said, you know, based on sources that, you know, I heard that they were going to be very good. So, um, McKeldry, you know, I think we interviewed him early on, you know, when his first day that he actually arrived, and, you know, I, I was really impressed. I think was, he has a chance to be Pat Hobbs' best hire, to be honest. I mean, I think he's done a really good job with the really? program. Be- beating Indiana, you know, was, you know, very impressive. Pablo Avila, I think, is fifth in the Big Ten in, in, in scoring. They have, they, they have players. They have guys. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think it's a big surprise. Um, I will say this as we're talking about Olympic sports too. I, I, I have to say, um, I got approved to go to the Big Ten uh, men, uh, the, the men's hoops media day, which is in October. Um, Where's that? Is in Indianapolis. So this will be my sixth time in Indianapolis. You know, this year uh, it will be. You know, I, I, all told, I'll be in Indianapolis six times because we're also going to the Indiana game and. You know, as Cratch has pointed out, we're actually staying in Indianapolis for the Illinois game because it's a little bit easier to actually fly to, to Indianapolis than it is to Chicago and get to Illinois. Champaign, Illinois is, you know, just a, you know, a Siberia, you know, on, you know, on, on, on the beat. But six times, hmm. and I've already been to St. Elmo's on, on, on the first three trips. Do you think I can actually make it to St. Elmo's on the final three, Politi? Think? Do I think? All I know is you text me a photo of the, of the shrimp cock gun blocking you. I'm going to block your number. That's it. Just keep that in mind. You too, Cratch. I want none of the shenanigans with the shrimp cock gun. All right. Uh, that's all we got this week, folks. Well, all three of us will be in Ann Arbor. It's a big, uh, the, 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 we'll all be up there. So maybe we'll see you around if you guys are making trips to the game. If not, we'll be back on Monday to break it all down. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com insider.